Welcome again to the Dad Pods Games Cast, a show where two and sometimes three dads get together and talk about games, stuff adjacent to games, dad stuff, and or just trying to do this hobby while getting older and having less time. I am one of your tri-hosts, Joe Owens, and as always, to my right, your virtual left, Eddie Rathke. Howdy. And again, the stars have aligned once more, and we've got Rick uh, Johansson from down the block and originally from Sweden. Rick, how are you doing tonight? Hello, good. Tonight we are diving into, you know, asteroids and space stations overrun by aliens. Uh, We're going to talk about Metroid, uh, which is sort of the the logical progression from where we've been, where we've uh, talked about going and, uh, you know, all those other things. So... Um, yeah, why don't you guys, uh, what, 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 what do you guys think about Metroid? What's, why don't we just jump right in and just, just have at it? It sucks. No. <laughs> oh, podcast over. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> send, send your hate it. mail to. Yeah. <laughs> send your hate mail to Eddie. Uh, this, this is all, this is all him. Uh, emergency, abort, abort. <clears throat> I have a uh, funny history with Metroid, which maybe, I, maybe it's not that funny, but uh, the only Metroid game that I've played is Super Metroid. And it's the best one, and I know that because it's the only one I've played, and because everyone says it's the best one. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty that's pretty fair. Um, man, I'm gonna be like it's 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 so weird. I'm not gonna be picking Metroid Two uh, if anyone's been uh, with us <laughs> on this journey. Uh, you you've sort of noticed that like the second one in the series has often been my favorite, whether it's been Super Mario Brothers Two, Double Dragon Two. Um, you know, Mega Man 2 by a skosh over Mega Man 3. Although, you know, I, lo- I love that slide in Mega Man as we talked about. But like, you know, Metroid 2 was sort of this interesting anomaly where uh, it had this fantastic, uh, you know, game on the NES that like everyone loved. And then the sequel, the direct sequel officially licensed by Nintendo uh, comes out on the Game Boy rather than anything else. Uh, right. Which which was only slightly less weird than the official sequel to the movie Goonies coming out on the NES. Uh, we could talk about that sometime too because that was mm-hmm. always very very weird to me. Um, <laughs> but no, Metroid Two is a is a game that uh, I don't know. I'll talk a little bit about later because you know it's worth talking about. Uh, but I don't think I don't think Eddie's wrong in saying that Super Metroid is the best Metroid. I think no. that I think that that can go pretty far. Rick, what do you what do you think? Yeah, Super Metroid. It feels like it was the. I feel like I maybe I brought it up last time too, but the convergence of the technology, uh, the storytelling, and everything, and just it really to me established that atmosphere that Metroid has been kind of like really hammer across across all the games at this point. Yeah, yeah it's it's you, uh, uh, go, you know go. the Metroid One was like you know yeah it had the atmosphere, but the technology wasn't quite there. And I remember playing as a kid, and it's like, well, this is neat. I have nowhere to go. I'm bored now. Let's go play Mario. Yeah. Although and, uh, it did, uh, it did sort of still like give you that. I don't know. It was about as like ominous as you could get with an eight bit system. I feel like. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it, and we can talk about this more later too, is that feeling of isolation. Like you really feel like mm-hmm. the only person. Uh. I mean, you are your own backup. Uh. And like it was weird to me that that game, you know, in the eighties conveyed that so well, because I mean, it's really. I I just feel like horror is really hard. Unless it's like a very maybe like text heavy sort of adventure where you're doing theater of the mind, um, right? You, you know, depending on your imagination, it can get as scary as you want. But um, I think that was a it was a pretty successful 
a foray in, into that. You know, that was less than 10 years after the original Alien came out. And I think, you know, the the, the creators of, of Metroid were like, this this is awesome. Let's let's do an Alien. Oh, there's no denying the inspiration for sure. So, yeah, I yeah. feel like even the fact that one of the enemies names is Ripley is like, you know, even though it's well, the, even though it's a bad they changed guy. it a little bit. They 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 cut the or I guess they added they added uh, uh, the, the, the the well no they they did they cut the stick off the P and then they changed it to Ridley but it's very very I mean that was the first thing I thought about because like I remember I mean I was old enough that like we were able to finally sneak uh, a copy of you know Alien on VHS around the time that like we were also able to get a copy of Metroid and so like the two are like it just like forever burned into my memory together. Uh, yeah. because it was like I was able to like access both at the same time. How how old were you guys when Super Metroid came out? Or maybe it was, when did it come out in Sweden is maybe a different so, answer. Uh, people can't see it, but I'm actually holding my original copy here. 1994 is when it came out in Sweden. 94, I think it was uh, okay. the same year for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same year for North America. Yeah. Uh, so the only difference really is that it has, to my knowledge, there might be more minute details, but to my knowledge, the only difference is that it has German or French subtitles added. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, of course, is not exactly a very text-heavy game. You know, it's just <laughs> in the beginning. Uh, and that's it. Um, but uh, one thing yeah. I want to ask about Metroid, because it's one of those games to me as a kid, the original one, the NES one, I never got anywhere. But then you go to a friend's house who was really into it, and they had gotten really far. And I think that's my only experience with Metroid. I was using the uh, cheat code just to Bailey. get all the stuff. Yeah. Yep. Which was I think it's nine 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 KKK. Is it or I can't remember which one it is. But <laughs> well, I I don't remember. I just remember like you, you. I think just type in the name Justin Bailey unless that's where you just yeah. Like, that's lose the thing. The suit. The, and just yeah, at least just in like my, in my power version, hair, the maybe? reason I said that I. Wasn't trying to make any other references. The no, it's nine 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 all the way and kkkkkk all the way on the on the second line, and that yeah. gives you at least in the PAL version gets you to um, you have the you no know, suit on uh, the upgrades and the ice beam. I think already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's I think it's the same thing. It's really, uh, I mean, I think that was the first way that if if I can remember, I think that was the first way I actually ever like saw the ending of it. Um, because I, I used to be able to like get to mother brain, but I was never able to beat it because like, I was like, like hanging on by a thread. Um, and so when I was finally able to, 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 to get there, but you know, I was like, this is impossible because like, I didn't know anybody else who had it at the time. I, I, I feel like I was the only kid that had it. And then like, you know, a few years later when super Metroid came out, like everybody wanted to have, (laughs) have Metroid finally, it seemed like, like, like most of my friends had that. Like none of them played played the original, so so Eddie's experience is not super uncommon from what at least what I've mm-hmm. gathered. Yeah, the one thing that I love about what you guys just talked about is that you remember the cheat code thirty years later. I, oh, yeah. I just love how these weird things are burned in your memory in different ways. Like a uh, one of my friends in a group uh, text, and he sent me a playlist that was like top songs from two thousand one. And I was just like, it's like my mind exploded looking at the list. I was like, I was <laughs> did like, you I just know. go straight back? Yeah, yeah. It's like I know all of these like Jimmy Eat World and stuff like that. I was like, oh my god, like Jimmy Eat World was great. Is my I hair sh- like does it have frosted tips all of a sudden? Where did this goatee <laughs> come from? <laughs> I man, dude, I I loved some Jimmy Eat World back in the day. And yeah. you know what actually got me into Jimmy Eat World was a video game, uh, Need for Speed, uh, maybe High Stakes on the PlayStation Two. Um, it had their song uh, Nothing Wrong. 
which I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't uh, song. remember was, the names it, of it songs. Was, <laughs> uh, it's real good. It's a real good Jimmy Eat World song. Um, I think it was like their second album. And uh, uh, I, I actually got into a lot of bands uh, via uh, like racing games because like they had like wow. back in the day, they used to have like really good soundtracks. Well, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was where I learned about a lot of music as well. Yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater had just incredible. Like, couldn't you also like go into like into the menu and listen to the, just listen to the music sometimes? Like, yeah. was that was that in the Tony Hawk games? I was pretty sure it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, they had Dell so the good. Funky Homo Sapien on there. I was like, who yeah. is this guy? And it's like, oh, dude, it's freaking man, Del, man. You, oh no, if you got if you if you like Dell, you got to go back into where he's in the uh, his group, the Hieroglyphics. They're so good. Yeah. Doctor Octagon, uh, who's also known as Cool Keith, who's also known as Doctor Doom with three O's. Oh man, there's so <laughs> much. There's so much good uh, music that I just I got into, you know, via games and whatnot. Yeah, but, who knows what Sam is listening to in her uh, suit? You know, we don't really know that. She might be like, rocking out to early two thousands. You know, I feel like rock, so. I feel like she, for some reason in my head, she's got like a Walkman, like Star Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and probably like a cassette tape. Even though this is in the future, I I feel like like she's almost been you know like transposed from from the past with well, gadgets. Think, yeah, I think it would be a very sort of. You know, it's it's a grungy world. Kind of talking about atmosphere. I think one of the things that sticks out to me about Super Metroid, um, you know, we talked about how music and stuff and level design helped define the characters for Mega Man. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing is done here in Metroid. And one of the most, uh, I think, unusual choices they make is instead of having, like, music tracks, there's just sort of, like, an ambient noise and ambient music. Um, yeah. Which is very stark like when you're used to playing a game like buoyantly joyful like mario or even kind of like techno infused uh mega man or hyperkinetic sonic and then you put in this game with a lady shooting a laser at a dragon and you're like oh this looks wild and it's like oh man it's this creepy dark grungy kind of gross like world (laughs) you know (laughs) Yeah, except I think, the Brinstar theme in Super Metroid—that's rocking. Uh, but it's so uh, good. It, well, Brinstar's good in both. Um, yeah, if you if if you if you like the uh, the music um, and the ambient noises, because if you actually look at the soundtracks, there is not that many actual tracks. Like there is a couple themes for the for the general areas. Um, uh, an artist by the name of Luminist uh, did Metroid resynthesized and Super Metroid resynthesized, but. The latter is only half done because Nintendo was cool with, you know, Luminous doing, uh, you know, Metroid resynthesized and then was cool with him, I guess, starting uh, (laughs) Super Metroid resynthesized and then uh, was all of a sudden not cool with that project. And so there was a cease and desist uh, issue. Yeah, Yeah. very, very, very Nintendo like like Nintendo. And um, so like. The, the, it's all out there uh obviously for free you can't uh it's it's since it's copyrighted even though it's uh, resynthesized he uh uses a korg ms20 synth uh which is a really really cool like modular synth and it makes really cool sounds but it also really does a lot of justice to the um both metroid soundtracks uh from the 8-bit and 16-bit era so i highly recommend checking those out because when you listen to them uh both soundtracks perfectly encapsulate that that just palpable atmosphere that the, the games are like known for and really outside of and this is this is my opinion outside of axiom verge no other metroid like 
uh, game really nails. Uh, Axiom Verge is the only game I've played that nails that that is going for a certain type of atmosphere, but the way that Metroid is, Metroid is going for a thing and nailing it. Like yeah. I can't necessarily like put into words exactly what they're going for, other than like they're they're trying to make the Metroid game that they made. <laughs> like the thing that they made is what they were trying to do, yeah. and they nailed it. Um, and like I don't know that atmosphere. I don't know that I would say is like half of what makes it so cool, but it's like a significant chunk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't play Axiom Verge until pretty recently, and you're the one that kind of, like, encouraged me to check it out for real again. And I I got completely swept up in it because you feel like you're the scientist. Like, you're really stranded. You have no idea what's going on. And uh, Super Metroid, for me, looking back at a 94, no other game was such an environmental storytelling yeah. for 16 bits. Like, again, like you said, usually, like, you're running around with, like, you know, some robot shooting lasers or whatever, but this was, like, what am I seeing? Like, and... For me, the callbacks of the first game, seeing the destroyed pod of Mother Brain and stuff like that, was just like, wow! Yeah. It was so cool. It was. That's always like one of my favorite things that a lot of media does, where it revisits ruins from previous entries in a series. I'm not sure why that works so well for me, but it always does. And mm-hmm. like, we talk about environmental storytelling in in Metroid. In every Metroid game I've played, I'll say like. The games themselves are like this sort of like awesomely minimalist design. There's not necessarily a, there's never too much going on at one time, right? Like you never feel like you're in like a bullet hell situation or you're never feeling like you're being like swarmed by too many enemies. It's very uh, like precise in the, 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 it's almost like it's, it's setting up scenes for you, despite the fact that you have like this free traversal of this, like these giant maps like it also feels like very well designed because it never feels like it's too much or too little. Um, yeah. Like I don't feel like unless I'm like lost, which happens a lot of times because it's my fault because I didn't pay attention <laughs> to some clues that I that I probably yeah. missed. Like if I'm wandering around too long in a Metroid game, uh, it's my fault usually. Like <clears throat> like I probably should have been paying attention to like where to go, but like the that's not the game's fault. And so like you know it's sort of like setting up these these things that are uh, that are very purposely designed. And, and, and again, I, I say awesomely minimalist. I don't want to like down downplay like what Metroid is doing because it's very filled with intent and it and it also like feels good to, to do it. Like if that if that makes sense, like it may yeah. not have like the, pre- the precision controls because like the floaty jumps, I feel like were kind of like hard to get used to. But when you think about where you are, whether it's like a space station or an asteroid or something you know a planetoid like it would have less gravity like you would yeah. have like floaty jumps like that actually like checks out as far as like suspending your disbelief you heard it here super metroid is 100 percent based on a true story and scientifically <laughs> accurate yeah, yeah of course yeah, i mean they they have the records well i th- yep. i think what you're talking about is so i think getting lost is part of it's on purpose like yes you there is a possibility that the first time you play it, you never get lost. But like, that is the design of the game is like, Mm -hmm. you know, you run into dead ends and you go, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? And I think that that's where a lot of people just drop out of Metroid. Cause the weird thing about super Metroid is, um, it, it, it's accolades at the time were through the roof. All the reviews were like, this is, this is amazing. This is like one of the best games of the generation. And the sales. I, I mean, I think it's still probably for for most for people's money is probably still right up there in their 
top 10 all time. Like when you're looking at like a holistic best games of all time list, Super Metroid seems to make that that top oh, yeah. 10 re- regularly. Yeah, I think I mean it's it's great, but like the difficulty and the the refusal to hold your hand, I think is what caused it to not succeed as a series because if you look at it, it was almost 10 years until another Metroid was made. Whereas Mega Man, when we were talking about, you know, they were churning those guys out. There were I couldn't keep you know, it. A, it was like self-sufficiently <laughs> yeah. producing itself. Yeah, because like because it was like a formula that didn't feel formulaic, right? Like you could like get inspiration from literally anything. Like you could look at a spring and be like the next Robot Master Spring Man. We're going to design a yeah. level around springs, right? Like like you could like the the possibilities with Mega Man are by design endless you, you if you want more of that you can do that which is why like you know i think rick said the last time he was on like a Mega Man maker like a publicly available like commercially released one would be like gangbusters because yeah, be bananas because there's just no limit to what you can do like if you can like think it you can design levels around it whereas <laughs> yeah. like like metroid has to be purposely set up in a certain way not to be like uh, where everything looks eventually if you you know you see it too long you start seeing behind like the scenes and it looks like oh i'm on a movie set it never feels like that and i think eddie's right like the backtracking being built in you know like enemies respawning is good because like it would get boring if like once you cleared a room and you got to backtrack through it like 50 times if like there was nothing there yeah uh y- you sort of feel like your motivation uh, it, it vanishes <laughs> but I also <laughs> you don't think, have anything to do i also think that that's where you see the hands of an author at play is like his their willingness to allow you to be lost and to inhabit the world so when i think of metroid i think of this is like the first game that you really inhabit a character in a world you know and it has a lot to do with the atmosphere right you know there's there's very little language anywhere in the game most of the game you're playing in silence without reading anything um, everything is environmental. Everything is sound. Everything is the look of the aliens, the look of the level around you, which is, uh, you know, the design is just a giant maze. It's a big labyrinth. You're mm-hmm. delving into this world and you're finding gross, grimy, creepy, scary ass aliens that do not like you. <laughs> you know? No, they, you, they, you are like, everything is hostile to you. Yeah. He's not nice to the local fauna, is she? Well, Most no. of the fi- enemies you fight are like, animals yeah they're just like hanging out you know they're just like you know they just live there it's yeah. like you're you're the visitor they're like a space pita or space green peas that's trying to stop her like chasing her after her or something there was but she but, killed them oh yeah, that's I mean, I mean when you, you don't mess i mean samus is not to be trifled with yeah but it's like so you because of this because there's nothing to hold on to there's like barely even anything to hold on to with samus you know nothing about her except for that when she dies she is in ha- in fact a lady yeah. <laughs> and like other than that there's there's no backstory there's no real uh told story it's all uh you know generative storytelling like you are yeah. creating your story as you play it this the story of the game is how you play it and i think that that is one of the coolest things about super metroid and it's why you do inhabit samus in the same way that i think like in breath of the wild you inhabit link um or ocarina of time like some of the zelda games i feel like are more you inhabit the character than other ones but i i think i think you really touched on something that i didn't really think about until just now 
when you're talking about like the hand holding versus like tutorializing, like the best Zeldas, uh, for my money, this is the, I'm gonna say state this as an opinion, uh, are the ones that don't hold your hand because I, if you remember in the Wii generation, uh, and uh, mostly just the Wii generation, like the, the the tutorials felt like they were like an hour long, like for the for the intro, like mm. it would not stop talking to you. It's like Nintendo, please please just let me do the adventuring like let, please <laughs> please stop talking like i mean i i as someone who like you know has dabbled in writing like their entire life i feel bad skipping dialogue a lot of times yeah but man when the tutorials get too long i find myself just like smashing the button to get through it it's like okay you know what i'm just gonna figure it out like i i can't absorb all this information number one uh it's just the way my brain works i can't hold that all like in my brain and think about it I need to like do it, mess up, go back, you know, like I did. So like, I don't, I don't like super long tutorials and Metroid has really never done that. Even like Metroid prime, I don't feel like spends too much time. There is no tutorial, even if you wish there was, um, to, to, <laughs> to go back to what you're saying about Zelda. Um, I will defend minorly the intense front loading of some of the games. And for the same reason that I think the dragon bone chair by tad williams works to the extent that it does which i mean if you want to talk about a book that has a tutorial that one's like 200 pages (laughs) but i think that that like intense front loading of information it then allows you to run freely for the next you know 50 hours yeah there it is oh uh we're seeing something on camera i'm not sure it was a book or something else poking up there but it's the um, dragon bone chair that is a dragon bone yeah about Uh, one thing about a third of the book is like just inhabiting the world and then from there you know it's like 2500 more pages of free-flowing narrative and i think that that's kind of what zelda allows you to do is like they because even breath of the wild there's like two to three hours of tutorial in a sense you know like the the great plateau but then once you get off there you have, you know, a hundred hours of just living your life in Hyrule. Yeah, that's that's the thing with with Zelda as it's turned now into an open world game. Um, but circling back to Metroid and Metroidvanias in general, I feel the hallmark of a really good Metroidvania is the whole thing with the gated progression. But it begins becomes a natural tutorial for the entire right. game. Right, you're unlocking an ability that gets you further, a traversal right. mechanic that makes it more fun to move around in the world, and. I feel like some of the modern Metrovanias try a little too ham-fisted to give you abilities in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Nothing in Super Metroid felt out of place. It was a natural progression that made it feel like you were exploring the world with Samus, right? Right. Yeah, because like think about the the one I always gra- like gravitate toward like as far as like the power-ups go is not even like the best one, but like you know when you get like like the the better boots. Why am I? Th- can't, why can't I think of what they're called? You know? High jump boots. High jump. Is very te- technical. <laughs> Technically called the high jump boots. Like because you will go through an area, you know, and then it starts like, opening up on your map, and you're like, oh, but like I'm only like in like half this chamber. There's so much right. more, else like up there. Remember like, I feel when like you if I could just jump higher? <laughs> in Super Metroid, they are genius in the sense that they always show you how to use the ability right away. Right. Right. You right. fall down a pit. Like how do I get out of here? And you get the high jump boots in the next room. I remember the first time when I got that, I pressed the jump button, like, holy buckets, you just flew right up to the <laughs> ceiling, you know? And the first thing that goes through your mind is like, where can I go now? Yeah, right. And, and that yeah, sort always... of environmental design is fantastic. Well, yeah, because that... you're always... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh. Well, I was going to say, I think that that's the importance of getting lost, is like, by because by getting lost and being like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Um, in the Like, in the back half of your brain, 
you're learning the map and you're yeah. filing information away because like you'll get the high jump boots and you'll be like ah remember that room 60 rooms away that had that ledge that i couldn't reach i bet that's, it has something cool up there yeah like that's where we go mm. next um and i think that that is like that's the cleverness of metroidvanias and i think it i mean it, it does all start here basically but uh it's this getting lost running into dead ends and then looking at the map and being like well that looks like it might be a doorway uh you know in that room two hallways away so i'm just gonna right. i'm just gonna see what's over there and then yeah you'll find something like the high jump or the super missiles or whatever that allows you to get through the next door you know all these kinds of things that just open up the game a little bit more each time and it's how yeah, you learn it, it, it's how it, it also makes the world more inhabited because you learn it so well like you'll find the you know the super bombs or whatever and you'll be like oh man remember at the beginning of the game when there was this weird symbol that i didn't understand this is that symbol and it's like why yeah. why do you remember that thing from you know 10 hours ago so well it's like well it's because you've been wandering around like an idiot lost you know <laughs> like yeah like it's weird like i like a lot of times when i miss cues in a game like it will be frustrating because it will be mm-hmm. like i should have i should have known but it never necessarily like feels like that like when i say it's my fault that i got lost like i'm lost but i don't really care like it's fine cuz like right. i'm I, I feel like i'm always still opening up more of the map and like you know seeing more you know even if i'm going like the wrong direction you're still opening up like stuff and you're able to see like where you can go later and you're like i'm very clearly not supposed to be here uh you know for for whatever reason and you're yeah. like okay i'm I, so i let's 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 backtrack let's see cuz like what would you do if you were an actual space bounty hunter like investigating <laughs> extraterrestrial you know uh, installations you know you would just you would just have to figure it out, right? You're not, you, there's not going to be like uh, science and stuff telling you where to go. You're going to have to like read, read the environment. You're going to have to take, take the cues as they're, as they're given to you as you're, as you're exploring. And, uh, I think that's, I don't know. It's just so great. It's very satisfying. It's very, it's fun. It's like, it's yeah. just fun. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I think satisfying is such a good word to describe it. So I have a question for you guys about, because you guys have played the newer Metroids, correct? I played Dread is fantastic. Okay. I've played so, I played a lot of the Metroids this year. <laughs> nice. Like, <laughs> like so, so many Metroids this year. My question is like uh so Super Metroid this feeling of lostness I think it was one of those games that was a little too far ahead of its time and it I think that's why it didn't succeed. Um is like people got frustrated or just like this game sucks and it doesn't help that it's also hard. Um right. so like I have a story of I think I told on here before where I was playing Super Metroid a few years ago, and I got to Ridley, and uh, I kept losing because I didn't have either enough health or enough super uh, missiles. The answer is that I had too few super missiles. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I had endless health, that, that like, will do it. Yeah, um, I could have. Yes, I could have got like thirty bars of health or whatever. But uh, but so I'd just run out of super missiles, and I'd be like, oh, man, what am I gonna do? Shoot him with my dumb laser? <laughs> like, Yes. Yeah, and, it really yeah. feels it really feels like a pea shooter uh when you're not fighting regular enemies. Yeah, and so I I didn't beat it and like I was looking at the map and being like, "Oh man, I'd rather just restart than try to figure out where the upgrades are that I missed." And so like I can right. see people having that experience and being like, "This game sucks." Uh that's not my experience. But so my question is, 
how do the newer games handle that kind of like balance of exploration, lostness, and satisfaction? Rick, do you want to go first, or do you want, do you want sure. me to give, to give my answer? Because like I've got a, a couple things, but I, I, I yeah, you know, I, it depends I on to... how far how far back are you going here? Because we're talking about the recent game; it's pretty much Dread, right? right. I mean, um, and I think Dread is a fantastic return to form. Yeah, um, I think that it encourages exploration, but also it it leads you more than the previous Metroid games do. I feel at least when I was playing it, I never felt like. Oh crud! I should have more by now. Or you know, I felt that when I was fighting a boss, it was because I was failing. You know, I was dying. It was my fault, not because yeah. I lacked the equipment. But that game really funneled you almost to the point where I was so surprised how much it lets you kind of just play it. I won't say casually; it's a hard game. It, yeah, but how it how it funnels you through the upgrades you need to progress versus say like Super Metroid, like we talked about, we can get lost and, and miss upgrades. Yeah. Um, same with like uh, the. Um, uh, why I'm forgetting now, goodness, Game Boy Advance one. Oh yeah, Fusion. Uh, Fusion. Or Fusion is mission. fantastic. Yeah, Fusion. But that also can get a lost, which I know is still a pretty linear game. And then you have Metroid Prime series, which is really can get lost. Yeah, Metroid <laughs> Prime is like, man, yeah. I I don't I I love Metroid Prime. Uh, yeah. I you know I loved the original Halo when it came out, um, a lot, like a lot, a lot. I went back and like read the books, and I was like really into Halo. But when it came out and like for years, I said Metroid Prime is a better single player game than Halo is comparing campaign to campaign. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so sometimes, like, because of the way that Halo had this staying power and like this part of like the zeitgeist, I would like start like as the years would go by and I hadn't played Metroid Prime in a while, like, like maybe I'm wrong. But like every time I go back to play Metroid Prime and now with the remaster that has like totally like fixed any issues I ever had with the controls. Uh, Metroid Prime is 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 better uh, than Halo than Halo One uh, campaign wise. Yes, but like, now with the advent uh, you know advent of modern uh, streaming shows, at least you know what Master Chief's buttocks looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like we we had I mean, but we if you think about it, there was a lot of fan art uh, back in the days about what uh, imagine. I think we should go Sam, there, but carry <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm just I'm just telling you, like we we uh, you know speaking of uh, buttocks have you uh, seen we, the we, dang we, internet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the internet. The internet was a mistake. Uh, that, that's uh, let's not go there. It's a silly place. <laughs> that's where I was going. But um, yeah, like the the feeling of like I don't other than dread. I'm trying to think because like I don't think it ever really lost that that uh, that feeling of of getting lost, exploring, uh, forcing you to backtrack. Uh, Dread was both a return to form and a departure then. Like, it's kind of like the way I would describe it. Like, uh, you know, like Rick summed up, like, my experience with it personally uh, pretty well by, you know, it does, it's not really, how do I explain it? It's not like tutorializing. Like, it's not necessarily doing that, but it is kind of pushing you in the directions. And I feel like those Emmy, the robots that uh, will follow you in Metroid Dread and, like, just just kill you if you're just really bad at parrying, which... For some reason, like, man, if you give me, like, a Souls game, uh, I don't know if it's because of, like, the hours and hours I've spent playing those gosh darn games, uh, but, like, I can do the parrying in, in in a From Software game, whether it's, you know, Bloodborne or Dark Souls or Sekiro. Like, the parrying is not a problem for me in that. For whatever reason, any other game where I need to do timed button presses, it's why I'm terrible at rhythm games, I can't, I can't do it. 
And so like that was one of the frustrating things with Dread at first, though I did find that like I started to get more like the hang of it, uh, the parrying with, you know, uh, you know, with with Dread more more than I thought I was going to. because I'm like, this is going to be impossible. Uh, when I, I first think it was a design up. decision. If I remember right, the idea is to the idea behind Red is to make you feel helpless because yeah. they're trying to make you feel isolated. You know, you don't have any extra powers. You're not the super powered. You know, you think about it. Samus at her full power is ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah almost so unstoppable. That was design decision that you're have a very very small chance of parrying, and it should not be relied upon. It's a last ditch effort. The yeah. idea being is that you need to outrun it. Right. Which, of course, and then, then you get the satisfying side where you then can just blow them away later on, which is, of course, the, very satisfying. The It's interesting, too, because, like, when you when you do execute the parry, if the Emmy catches you, um, it is not like you don't kill it. You stun it for a second. You get a, you basically get, like, a mulligan where you can run from it again. <laughs> um, yep. I really And so, like, I'm not trying to... Uh, I, I don't know if I'm coming across as, like, negative on that. Um, I, I, I do... I love... I love Metroid Dread. I want to go back and play it again. Um, especially after playing like all the, uh, old ones, I just got like this, this, uh, this like wild hair at the beginning of the, uh, summer where I was like, I'm just going to play like almost is almost all the Metroids. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do them all. And so like, uh, you know, I went through and played, oh gosh, uh, fusion zero mission. You know, I played, uh, Metroid prime, uh, remastered when it came out. I have the other ones in the trilogy, but I, uh, I didn't, I didn't get to two and three. Um, uh, I did revisit the, uh, the, like the original NES one, but then I was like, I've already played zero mission, which I really think is better. Like, I think it's just, it, it, it's just a retelling of the first Metroid. Uh, but it's just better. Like it's just, <laughs> I, I, zero mission, like is legit. One of the best Metroid games, period. Hmm. If you're only like, if someone's like, I'm only going to play one Metroid game. I have all the systems. This is a very hypothetical world we're living in. But I, but I have them. But I'm only going to play one, and I would just tell them to play Zero Mission because it's like it's so good. Like they did a, such a good job, uh, like like re envisioning the original, uh, because the the floaty jumps uh, from the first, you know, from the first game, the Game Boy game, Super Nintendo game, uh, they kind of like honed that a little bit. Like they didn't, you, you, like you don't lose it. It's not like gone in the Game Boy Advance games. But I feel like it feels better. Like hmm. the Game Boy Advance games are, I feel like when Metroid started feeling really, really good to play in the way that I felt like, you know, you know the way that I enjoyed playing like Mega Man or at least watching someone who's much better than me play Mega Man um, <laughs> or playing like Mario. Because uh, there's just people out there like we, we talked about it on the Mega Man episode where people play like almost like elegantly. It's like like hypnotic the way that they can move yeah. through the levels like it's all like like a dance almost it's like really like really really cool to watch like you just get into this flow state well i don't because i'm not <laughs> i'm not as good as as they are but I prefer, like i prefer brute force and then yeah. by the time i get to the robot master mega man has lost a leg and you know half his head and that, he's almost there so that's that's my 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 way of playing also because you know i'm just not necessarily like the speed runner uh like uh pixel perfect jumping uh player uh yeah but i i, I just there's just so much I appreciate about that style of playing that like I really enjoy watching. But like the 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 Metroid games started getting really, really like good as far as the like the controls were concerned. They just they just everything felt the way that I had been wanting it to feel from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You rewind it all the way back and think that you know we say we take Metroidvania for granted now. There's a billion entries in that genre. Yep, that wasn't existing, right? You think about Metroidvania, I feel like. 
coalesce between Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night, right? That became yeah. the standard. Then you got the Igavanias on Game Boy Advance, which are all fantastic. Oh, and then Metroid so comes in, Yeah. They're and so Metroid good. comes in too, with just like it wasn't established what, what you can expect now from a Metroid or a Castlevania game in this format. So um and that spawned an entire genre, obviously, but there was no like confusion anymore what you were going to get right, out of right. a Metro game in that format. So this so, is I guess where I'll I'll state my controversial opinion about Metroidvanias, which yeah, is dude, that, hit him up. <clears throat> So, my opinion is that there is no Vania necessary for the Metroid. Because the Castlevania games are just Metroids with Castlevania theme. <laughs> with Draculas. Yeah. Like, I, just, I think whips that, and Draculas. I think that, like, with Super Metroid, they really perfected the Metroidvania. And that was, you know, six years or so before... Not six years, five years, three years. I don't know, some amount of years before Symphony of the Night. 97, right? 94 to 97. Yeah, so three years. Yes. Um, so probably like the development of uh, Symphony of the Night. <laughs> yep, <laughs> basically. They're like, mm, they this saw looks like Super, a good idea. They saw Super Metroid, they're like, but what if swords? Yeah, Yeah, but you, I don't think you're wrong, because think about it, before Symphony of the Night, Castlevania was a side-scrolling, yep. you know, hack and slash. It was very standard platformer yeah you know for better or worse it's not a bad game but um that's what we had yeah and right. so i think that the vania part of the word really comes because vania sounds cool to say yeah but like um, i don't and and you know the castlevania games are good i think they they're good but i don't know that even in the you know 30 years since metro super metroid that any metroidvania has really innovated in a significant way on the formula of what super metroid does like there's certain things that are better like hollow knight feels better to play axiom verge has maybe even more atmosphere uh symphony of the night has dracula's and it's just awesome it has so much style it has so much style but like you know there's nothing really different besides these kind of uh not even necessarily like mechanical things to the game from super metroid Right. Yes. Like Super Metroid, you know, started it like it, 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 it launched, you know, it launched a thousand ships. Yeah. Uh, and it, but let's see, I'm trying I'm trying to uh, I'm, you know, uh, this is like the first time I've thought about whether the the Vania uh, is needed. And well, I mean, if I can just make one quick. Yeah, note yeah. About go that, ahead, because I need, I, I'm still trying to organize um, my my thought here. There have been way more Castlevania games than I have been Metroid games. I, <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I can probably just guess that. I don't have that in front of me, but I'm going to guess that there are like three or four times as many Castlevania games. If it does not have Metroid elements, I'm usually not interested. Uh, like the newer ones, the Lords of Shadow, that are more gear, uh, God of War style, you know, more like that. Yeah. If a Castlevania does not have, well, the Metroidvania style, then I'm not that interested, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Uh, it feels like you want that you know, gated progression through acquisition of items. Yeah. And if it's lacking that, it feels like something's missing. And that's even on uh, the retro revivals to see with like Curse of the, uh, what's the, um, the Blood Moon goodness. or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. Blood the, uh, the one that's the a, moon. yeah, the one that's a callback to the NES one is, it's cool, but it's not that interesting compared to the full one that is a full Igavania because he actually made it, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, that kind of game is so important. And, uh, I feel like Castlevania has just, 
it's a little bit all over the place versus a Metroid is always going to be a Super Metroid style derived game of some variety, right? Yeah. If they put out a Metroid game now that is not that, they tend to do pretty poorly. I think it was a Federation Force, you know. Yeah, nobody was cares. There a, was, no, was nobody there a cares. pinball one? Yeah, on yeah I, I think yeah. there was. And, and, <laughs> and I'm not even, I'm not saying that, when I say nobody cares, I'm not saying they're not good. Like, I've, I don't have any experience with them. They, they might be. Um, but like, Nothing about that appealed to me because when you take away like what Metroid is, which I feel like we've kind of established, uh, you know, when you t- when you take that away and set it into uh, try to do something else, like, well, I feel like I could just go play Halo or something if I want to go shoot stuff in space or if I want to, you know, like if I want another sci-fi thing, like we have stuff uh, that that fills those needs, like. Yeah. I think that's why it's kind of so impressive that Metroid translated so well to 3D when when Prime came out because like I feel like everybody was worried that it was going to suck. Number one, Nintendo For wasn't making it. I, I agree. I was worried too when I saw uh, the previews, like, and I was worried because I felt like it wasn't going to translate. But by golly, they did it. I didn't yeah, even bother and, playing it for that reason. <laughs> it's and, like, uh, see, I was like it's just going to suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, like I mean, I was like, there, there's just no way. Like it, like my brain said, Metroid has to be 2D. And now, like, I don't even really think about, you know, needing uh, a 3D Castlevania because I feel like we have that in the Souls games with the amount of, like, backtracking and, like, things that you can do to, like, upgrade your characters uh, to unlock, like, later uh, areas that also uh, do a really nice job of, like, circling back so that you can, like, create shortcuts to the beginning parts of the map. Like, I feel like the 3D Castlevania is already here uh, and From Software has been doing it in a way that at least I really like. And so... Like it's it's weird because like I want more, you know. I want I'm excited for Metroid Prime Four, like whatever that's going to be. Like I think yeah. it, I think it's going to be Urban really Legend good. at this point. <laughs> yeah, but I man, I uh, I don't know. Like after they rebooted it, I think Nintendo kind of like you know put some feet to the fire, and I I, I think it you know I think it's going to happen. I hope that this isn't one of those uh, takes that ages poorly. Uh, but like I you know I'm excited for Metroid. Prime 4 in a way that I was definitely not excited for Metroid Prime 1. Uh, and so, I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's cool. I think the thing that gives most people hope about Metroid Prime 4 is that um, Nintendo has a habit of holding things until it's ready. You know, right. like, they could have rushed uh, Tears of the Kingdom out in, like, probably two years, and it would have been... It would have been terrible. Um, like if, if it was an Activision game, they'd be like, "Right, this needs to come out right now." Like, what are you guys yeah, doing? Bu- bugs and all, like just just put yeah. it out and we'll fix, fix it. We'll it. fix yeah. it in post. Yeah. Fix it later. <laughs> you know, um, like even Bethesda, they take you know monumental amounts of time to make a game, and then it's still broken. But yeah. uh, Nintendo, it's just broken in a different way, which where yeah. sometimes in funny, like the, usually in a funny way. Yeah, yeah the, like the stuff that's broken is usually pretty uh, hilarious and uh, like adds charm to the game. Where I was like say that, yeah, it endears the players to it in its own way. Like the the, the bugs that you see in like Assassin's Creed games, for example, uh, are not endearing. They're just like <laughs> headache inducing, and so like like it should be clear that like. Uh, the Bethesda bugs at this point are almost just a feature. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're just like, yeah, it's it's cool, man. Just like watch this thing like spin off into space. Yeah, you know, just randomly, it's just part of it. Yeah, but so I think that when Metroid Prime Four, because it's what it sounded like to me, and I can't exactly remember, but it sounded like Metroid Prime Four was getting ready to be finished, and someone at Nintendo said, 
this game isn't good. We're starting over. Yeah. And so it's I like, don't know that it was close to being finished, but I think it was a, well along. Like, yeah, I don't think so, it was in a spot where most people would cancel it. Yeah, I would say at least a year's worth of work was thrown away. Um, yeah, probably more. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and just just, just into the into the dumpster. Yeah, basically. Am I remembering it wrong, or didn't uh, wasn't it being developed by someone else for Nintendo, and then they actually pulled in the rare yeah. font again to do it? Uh, yeah, Retro uh, Retro Studios. Retro, yeah, Retro. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm man. pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, it's funny. Like I I I I hadn't even planned on talking about Metroid Prime much, but now that I'm like now that we're here, I definitely like. I'm, like I'm, I'm into it, but I can't. I'm pretty sure what we have said uh, is is how it went. Like, it, like it was scrapped. They brought in, you know, the A team because I think you know you can get by with letting the okay the, so the, the, the smaller teams you know do some of your smaller projects. But then like you're like okay, we we probably should not have put them on such a potentially important uh, tent pole. So this uh, is this is actually even funnier than that because. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. So originally, nice. development started under Bandai Namco. Okay, why? And uh, it was there for a while, and then it restarted under Retro Studios. Wasn't uh, aren't they the owners of the Dynasty Warrior series? I just Bandai Namco forgot. owns a lot of stuff. They do tech. I just imagine Sam is running they, around in a they do Japan. Uh, they, they actually they're <laughs> the, at least awesome. the. Yeah, that's true. Bandai Namco Ooh, at least Samurai. releases uh, the uh, the Souls games here. Yeah, they're uh, the per- they're the publisher, I think. Not publisher, the, not the producer. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, the de- they're not the devs. FromSoft is the devs, but like you know, Bandai Namco is always uh, you know getting their <laughs> their claws into the project in one way or another. Yeah, um, it looks like they've interestingly um, they've done some work with uh, they they did the Pokemon Snap game that came out a few years ago surprisingly man people um, really love that uh, that was originally the uh the n64 title that everybody loved right yeah it's and they brought it back yeah it's great i never it's... i never played it because like i was literally like one year too old for pokemon or like so i thought yeah you know you were i was one year too old for both pokemon and power rangers because like literally <laughs> everybody in the grade below yeah. me loved power rangers and pokemon and i'm like man i don't know like I just like Batman the animated series and X-Men and like even that I'm like what, like I'm starting to get more into like edgier stuff because I'm I'm an edgy individual. Yeah. Uh and like I don't know man I missed out because like I think I think I would have really been like I would have really enjoyed Pokemon uh had I given it a chance when I was Yeah. Yeah, I'd say now it's a uh, who cares. You know, you're too old oh, to yeah. get into Pokemon. But uh what's nice about so I played Pokemon Snap, you know, 20 however many years ago. Uh, and I liked it. It was fun. It's just like a light, pleasant game. But then, uh, we got the new Pokemon Snap and played with my son, which is like, you know, bananas. He yeah. loves it. Taking pictures of Pikachu. What could be better? Um, uh, play Pokemon it, Boyer. <laughs> play, playing games with the kids, man. Like I'll like literally like if like they're, if they're into it, like I will play it. Yeah. Like I, I we said before, were we talking on the podcast or were we just talking in general about how like we don't really care for Minecraft because there's no direction. Yeah. They're just like, hey, go do uh go do a Minecraft. And yeah. and we're just like, but uh how? Like but would it I mean like is there what's the point? Is there a goal? Like what am I trying to do? And I understand <laughs> that there are very very light story beats in Minecraft. But please just 
give me some direction. Like, yeah. you can't just put me in a sandbox. Like, I, I'm tired, man. I'm old. Too like, old I don't, for a sandbox. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to do any of this, which is why, like, one of the coolest things is, like, my my oldest son, like, for, like, my birthday and Father's Day and Christmas and stuff will, like, build me, like, custom Minecraft levels. And I love that. Yeah. Because, like, he's got goals, like, for me to do. Like, whether it is literally just simple as do this jumping puzzle or slay this dragon that I put up here. Like, there are goals, right? I didn't have to, like, figure it out. Like, that's for him. Like, he loves that stuff. For me, I'm less, like... You build it uh, and craft it. I'll I'll kill the enemies. You know, uh-huh. I'll I'll make sure you're safe and they don't destroy your like your storehouse. Like you know, like that's how I I play Minecraft with him because I I don't know what it is. Like I just I feel exhausted before I start. Like I don't know if you guys are like that. Whereas like you're looking at like Metroid and it's like you have a very clear goal from the beginning. Yeah. Even when you're lost, you have a goal. Like you are moving towards something. Even if you're moving in the wrong direction, you're walking <laughs> away from the thing that you need. Like you'll come back, like you'll get there because you're looking for that thing and yeah. that goal. Whereas, what? if it's too open, like I don't know, man. I feel like open world Metroid would suck. Yeah, like, I think like one of the interesting things. This made me think of Breath of the Wild again, where it's like you know one of the first things you see in Breath of the Wild is the end of the game, and it's like that's that's the end of the game. Get there when you're ready. It's like okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. super, it's set up there like a carrot for you. Yeah, Super Metroid isn't quite like that, but it is kind of. It's like you know what the goal is is to find and kill Mother Brain. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean you you find the uh, the entrance uh, to the final area pretty early on, right? But it clearly yeah. tells you that you have to destroy the other bosses. Oh first. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So statues. it gives you that. Because you usually find them again, also just steeped in atmosphere. You walk in there and there's like fog and stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. very well crafted, but. One thing I like to mention about Metroidvanias and Metroid in general, pacing in the Metroid games tend to be really, really good. I feel something that happens a lot with modern Metroidvanias, they try to be super hard because it's a platformer. Right. It might have pixel graphics. Right. Uh, I actually have bounced off Hollow Knight, which I, sounds awful to say that as much as I enjoy Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's two... unfair, though, because some of, those, some mm-hmm. of the parts are, are frustrating, like yeah. more than fun. Um, and versus I, like Dread, which is hard, but it still gives you that glimmer or whatever, uh, and it'll set you back very far when you die. Yeah. Um, so you can feel, especially in, in Dread, that like you messed up when you die, or you should get stabbed in the face by a murder robot. <laughs> yeah. You can recover pretty quickly and move on. And no, you know, Eddie, for real, tries. it will stab you. In, the murder robot will. It stabs you right in the face with a giant yep. like needle spike thing. Like it's and it's. it's it's, it's a very, very smart design. It's very visceral. Like they did a great job doing it because it's like, holy shit! <laughs> okay, mm, don't. I you like, feel vulnerable. It's you like feel it's really and vulnerable, it's, and it's really unpleasant. But like, like you're just like, I don't want that to happen again. Like I don't. <laughs> like I can't explain it other than like, I. You know, like, uh, do you guys remember? I don't know if you, ever, if any of you have played like the newer like uh, modern Tomb Raiders, but like no. sometimes like Laura Croft mm-hmm. would die in like horrific manners because of like the physics involved like falling into like spike traps where she's getting like impaled on stuff it's really unpleasant like I think it's we like call that prince of persia uh yeah but it's like but just imagine like more like modern game engines with like better physics engines and you know things that can happen to a body and it's <laughs> it's it, it was the first get, time get the whiteboard since... you gotta show me yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that afterwards that's gonna be on a bonus episode where i get the whiteboard out um but it's like it's really unpleasant, and it's like that with Metroid Dread, and the dread comes from I don't want to get 
you know, like like needle sorted in the face again. Uh, yeah. Because that's, you know, that's what happens. Well, I think like, you know, talking about Hollow Knight, because I, I also, I played like 30 hours of it, but I hit a roadblock, which is, um, I think it's the third or fourth to last boss. And I just literally can't beat it. Um, and then like, you know, you look up a tutorial, like you watch a YouTube video of how someone beat it and they don't even get hit once. And you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't helpful at all. Like, right. so, so the way yeah, that I, like I need to like, see, <laughs> I need to see what happens if you make a mistake, like I'm invariably going to do. Yeah. And like, like the answer is just like, get, get way better. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think the thing with super Metroid is that it's, it's always fair. Like you're going to die and you're going to die a lot, but you always, you always know how you messed up. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily speedrunner because those guys, those guys, those guys. Oh don't yeah, know. they just they go don't straight count through. Now. Yeah, but like you don't necessarily know what the right thing is to do, but you know exactly what you did wrong, um, and that's kind of you know that's even goes hand in hand with the getting lost part of the design where it's like, okay, I did a hundred percent the wrong thing on this boss. I don't know what I should have done, but I definitely won't do what I just did again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, and it also see a nightmare in uh, Metroid Fusion. Yeah, yeah. gravity oh, yeah. monster. Yeah, oh dude, that 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 is intense. I think I took some like screen caps when I was playing it recently and might have sent it to you guys because yeah. that is a that is that is a great character design. Like it is mm-hmm. horrifying and great. Like <laughs> so, it's it's weird. We you know we're talking about Holodite. We talk about Axiom Verge because. Like I feel like those two, uh, particularly uh, at least for me, those are like the the games that finally supplanted uh, Super Metroid and uh, Symphony of the Night for me. Because I have one more um, that that you that you that you like more, or that... I have one that I would put close to Super Metroid on the pedestal. Okay, and, and that is Shadow Complex. Oh, Shadow Complex! Uh, oh, I haven't played that in a, a long time. It was really good. Yeah, it's an amazing uh, Super Metroid analogy and like pseudo modern, pseudo futurism, whatever. But it it plays also the character looks exactly like Nathan Drake and it's voiced by Nolan North. So yeah. you know, take that for what you will. No, that's but, that that dude is just Nathan Drake. Yeah, and, but it two D Nathan just, Drake two point five. Yeah, exactly. It plays really smooth and well. And exploration opens up. You get upgrades, and the upgrade path is very similar to Super Metroid as well. You even get a speed booster. Yeah, but all the mechanics in that game—it's it, just dripping with atmosphere as well, and it's a very enjoyable experience. There's no huge difficulty spikes. You're always progressing. You're always getting something new. Huge, cool map. The 2.5 D, which was pretty cool back then. I think it came out yeah. like 2005. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like I haven't touched maybe. it in at least ten years, and I was like, wait, yeah. ten years? Yeah, ten years. It's been a, it's been more, at least ten years since I played it last. I think I played it because Epic, before they started giving out, well, before Fortnite was a hit, they started giving out some free games occasionally. And yeah. that was one of their free games, I think. It was the first free I game was gonna I collected. Say, I was going to say, it might actually like have been like permanently free, at least for a while. Like It was free for yeah. a long time. And I was like, I think that's how I like originally played it because, it, you know, it, very low cost to entry. And I was like, this might be the best free game I've ever played at the time. and um, Yeah, but it really takes a Super Metroid formula, specifically Super Metroid, yeah, and almost copies it. Uh, and it almost feels like an homage, but it, it plays so well. Like, it, that's exactly what I want to see in a 2.5D kind of, you know, Metroidvania. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's one of the games that I just, you know the game you sit down and start playing, and I'm going to finish this right now. Like, I'm going to keep yep. playing this until I have completed it. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah, there's uh, there's a, that's a really hard... Uh, it's kind of a like it's like a high bar now because like so many games are demanding 
like so much of your time and like a game like shadow complex will absolutely like re- it respects your time and it like yep. it like it like feeds you just the right amount of like stuff at just the right amount of like at the right amount of intervals at the right intervals uh to make you feel like i i i can i can keep playing this because this game respects my time and so i am like i'm going to you know i'm investing myself in it and so yeah. like that's cool like that that does not happen that that often anymore yeah i think oh. which is one of i think that's why people are so fond of metroidvanias is like you know super metroid uh you can speed run it in under three hours the average player probably i don't know like seven to ten hours you know so yeah, uh, like, i'm in the probably like the the nine to ten range yeah me too i think i think when i played it a few years ago i well on the switch they just sometimes give you like general numbers and i think yeah i think i'm at 10 hours it's either five or 10 hours is what they say but i'm definitely not at five hours right um but uh yeah it's like the game is not that long so i was sick earlier this week as you guys know and uh i played just tons of dragon quest 5 i probably played like 10 hours of dragon quest 5 instead of doing kind of work Work. yeah Um, who cares yeah work and get lost uh, work like, had I been playing Super Metroid instead, I would have beat it. I mean, in theory, <laughs> like because right. that that's about how long mm-hmm. it takes. Right. Yeah. It's 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 weird because, oh man, this is just a whole other episode uh, where you talk about like time investment, uh, like value for, you know, value per hour of game because like <laughs> Super Metroid does not feel like it needs to be longer. Assassin's Creed is under the chat. <laughs> no, <not> here. <laughs> 120 hours. You haven't barely started. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember, uh, I don't know if any of you played Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, oh, yeah. when it first came out, but BioWare, yeah, BioWare actually got on <laughs> the, uh, on the social medias was like, uh, guys, uh, you can leave the hinterlands. Yeah. Like you're in the first area. Like there's like whole other areas. Yeah. Cause like, I they, said, nope. And kept on playing after past 20 hours in the nope, first area. I, I was <laughs> like, I was like, I can leave <laughs> because they don't really tell you. That's and funny. so like. Like it's like a it's they're not small areas and so I was like oh man because I felt like I don't know man I was getting kind of like burnt out on the hinterlands and so like <laughs> when I was like given permission by the developers to leave I took yeah. them up on that um, but like oh, I don't know man like I like sometimes I'm playing games and I feel like you know I am forcing myself to go forward and I felt like I had way too many moments of that playing Final Fantasy 16 this year. Which really bummed me out because I was so looking forward to that. Eddie and I, we were we, we talked about Final Fantasy 16 like nonstop from the time it was released, uh, not released, sorry, announced. We're like, man, this game is just gonna rip, and like I felt like there were so many times where I'm like, I gotta, I gotta skip this dialogue because I just want to get to a part where I can save. I, I, I gotta, go, I want to go do something else, and like that doesn't happen very often because like even Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I talked about at length. Uh, not enjoying a lot of the stuff as much as I liked literally like the rest of the series. Like I kept, like I was playing that, like also like overlapping my time with like the beginning parts of Final Fantasy 16. And I found myself playing more Xenoblade Chronicles 2 than Final Fantasy 16. Uh, and I, and again, I came, I came down on the, uh, on the, on the positive side of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I said, I'd probably give it a seven and Final Fantasy 16, another game I'd probably give a seven to, but it would be like, lower for me because there was just parts where like it just wasn't hitting and i've just i i gotta be honest man i've never felt like that in any metroid game um i did feel i guess i did feel a little bit like that with the original release of metroid 2 on the game boy 
um, because Samus is like so big. It's like way. It feels way easier <laughs> to get lost in Metroid Two, but now you can play uh, the Samus Returns on 3DS, uh, which is a great remaster. Um, really and, good. And I also really like the the fan game that Nintendo cease and desisted. Also, uh, AM2R, another Metroid Ooh. Two remake. They're uh, gonna get canceled now. Don't mention it. It's oh, uh, dude, it's so good though. Like you can't stop it, Nintendo. It's out there. It's out in the world. They're gonna keep. They're just gonna keep putting yeah. it up on different file servers. You can't Miyamoto's stop them. gonna find you. His wife is gonna <laughs> find you. Oh, yeah, he's outside your door right now. Well, I, well, that's. I'm glad it's locked. He can stay yeah. out there. Because <laughs> like, man, oh. AM2R. The the one thing I wanted to mention. I know we're 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 hitting that hour mark, so I know we're gonna be wrapping up soon. But one thing I really wanted to mention about AM2R is that it plays really really well it is so good if like the fans absolutely nailed the you know the feeling of it uh the extra screen space and the the sprite size versus you know the ratio of sprite size to the environment is is perfect i actually wouldn't change almost anything about it other than the only thing that i uh, i ding it on and i can't why am i gonna i can't complain about it's a fan game right but the one thing i wish they would have done is just focused a little bit more on the music because the music is good but i found myself like saying this music doesn't isn't really like metro it is metroid because it's like re, uh, you know re a remix of the themes from the game boy version but it's it's missing something it's missing something that lends to the atmosphere where am2r comes across feeling like it it like what it is, an homage to Metroid 2. It does not necessarily feel like a Metroid. It feels like a Metroid-like, which uh, to give examples of Metroid-like, I, I shared this list with you guys the other day. Metroid-likes, which, you know, we're throwing terms around now that don't really mean anything because we don't need the Metroidvania. But when I say that, y'all know what I mean. Metroid-like, <laughs> like Axiom Verge, Out Buddies, Gato Robato, Ghost Song, Sundered, The Mummy Demastered, Mind Seas. Uh, those are all like pretty good examples of what like a Metroid is to me, like a Metroid like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like AM2R kind of fits in there with those. Uh, something about the atmosphere is just not quite there. I would say it's like 90% there. You're like approaching, you're approaching greatness. Uh, but it's just the atmosphere is so much, like we said earlier, it's not all of what makes a Metroid a Metroid, but it is significant and if you don't nail the atmosphere uh it 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 becomes like not a metroid it just becomes like a simulacra of a metroid yeah i think you're right and it's because of how much heavy lifting the atmosphere has to do you know uh without the atmosphere metroid even super metroid is kind of a dumb game like it's not a yeah, bad because game. if you think about if you think about it, it's just it's almost like a random just like some dudes put some levels together where you go around jumping stuff like you know it's yeah. not it's it's the, the 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 atmosphere is baked in it's not it's not added on it's not tacked on yeah like it's I not it's, just a thing like hey it would be cool if we added some fog transparencies and some you know creepy music <laughs> like it, like, well, it, like it it, it work everything works in concert together yeah I think like for example. Um, I think Mario would still be good even if you didn't have music and you had just like stick figures. Like it obviously wouldn't be as good, but like that's that's kind of a touch. As long as the stick figures felt like Mario. Does that make sense? Like as long as it has the the Mario feel. Like that's what I mean. As long as it has that, like so you you can strip the atmosphere out of Mario and it's still a really good game. You strip the atmosphere out of a game like Super Metroid, um, and it's 
it's suddenly a, a very dumb game. Like well, it just doesn't it doesn't make yeah. sense, you know. Yeah. Like it it it's so. I mean, I don't know. You're just it's, going it's, down it's hallways, so... like it's like why am I? You know, without like the the atmospheric art, like the gooey, yucky parts of the right. world and stuff like that. It's like why am I going down this beige hallway? You know. Well, let's think about <laughs> think about this. Like Mega Man and Metroid, both uh, we sort of talked about this. They they do very similar things, right? You're a character that can jump, that can shoot, that needs to like traverse gaps, that gets abilities. But they go about everything else, like in completely different ways. Yeah, which I love because, like, I was thinking about this. Put Samus in like a Metroid level, or not a Metroid, a Mega Man level, right? Like, like imagine Metroid as just a series of like just crazy robot nonsense, right? It, it's just it's probably still going to be fun because like either of those teams are going to make a fun game, right? But like y- the the context of Metroid and uh, which is you know part and parcel with the atmosphere is like what makes it the thing that you come back to. Right. Like, <clears throat> like, yeah, it's fun to play, but it's also like just really cool. Like everything about it's cool. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't have as much style as symphony of the night or the Castlevania games, but it has this like perfect, it's just like this, you know, retro fut- futuristic grunge is kind of how I would describe it, which is why yeah. they have an alien, you know? Uh, yeah. You're, you're maybe that's spaceship. why, maybe that's why I like, maybe that's why I assume she's like doing a Walkman because like, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing like the movie alien and that just feels like what they would be listening to. Also. I don't remember what, if they had music, uh, probably she's listening to like, you know, get physical or like eighties pop or, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that in there. She's jumping around busting everything. So yeah. did, did you guys ever play Katana zero? Yes, I really like that game. Yeah, well, so like, it was nuts. very it, man. It got very trippy, but I really yeah. also liked it. Like how so I mentioned the, it the, the game starts unraveling on itself. Yeah, it's a it's a slightly futuristic game. Um, you know, set I don't know maybe like twenty years in the future ish kind of stuff. But he yeah. is playing like an iPad or an iPod when uh, at the start of a level he picks a song, and that's what the song is that you listen to, and then he you play the level as him. So I think that you're right that like. Samus would have sort of this retro style thing. I mean, it would still be the future. It's kind of like how when you read science fiction from the 40s, they still use punch cards, even though it's like right. the year 3000. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, oh, they got this science wrong. It's like, yeah, but also this is just this is just style. This is atmosphere. I, this is cool. I would just like to say that's why I actually I don't. There's a lot of stuff I don't like about Dune. Like I like I there's but there's also like a lot of stuff I think is really cool, especially some of the world building. Yeah. But I especially like how they do computers because they're not exactly like electronics. They're not using circuits. Like if you pay attention to the technology, I'm not going to dwell on this because there's literally hours you can talk about like the <laughs> the technology of Dune. Um, but like Frank Herbert did some really cool things by showing us a futuristic alternative to like circuits and microchips. Well, they so also, I'll just it's built into the the world building which i think is really cool it's not a very big part but it stuck out to me because uh they're basically in the distant past there was a war fought against intelligent ai yep and that's why like they use that's why they don't use computers the way that we think of them but uh it's that's awesome it's like oh, what, man. what a it, great way to like sidestep this whole thing <laughs> you know? yeah like the, it's called the the butlerian jihad which uh, oddly enough, uh, has its own like <laughs> version or homage in uh, Book of the New Sun. I just got past it. it. Where this, yeah, this lady's like, <laughs> oh my god, Book of the New Sun. Uh, I love it. Uh, the main character is so stupid. Like he's a, he's a, he is a stupid seventeen year old. Like yeah. that is like like 
like this lady is like telling him a story about like the book of the new sons butlerian jihad and he's like huh uh well cool anyway it's like he just he, he just doesn't <laughs> give a shit and it's like she just told you one of the coolest stories uh that you've probably ever heard in your 17 years on this planet and you're just like yeah cool you know i probably know more about that anyway than you do uh and exactly. i'm like i'm like yeah that is what a 17 year old would yeah. say to this this, yeah. this very clearly uh uh much smarter person and, and it's funny too because i just got to the onto the fourth book and he's like you know people have basically always told me i'm stupid i'm like i've been saying that the whole time i've been reading about you you are stupid <laughs> but you are like you know our point of entry which is like it's a really it's really good yeah. it's real good real good sci-fi fantasy um and it didn't occur to me until my second uh approach about how like naive like the 17 year old taking in all these like you know uh, like it's it's literally like like the Odyssey, you know. If yeah. Odysseus was a seventeen year old kid, like all these crazy things happening to him, uh, we'll talk about Book of the New Sun sometime because I think that'd be fun. We should um, do an episode on that. I I got lots. But to man, say. that that well, I was just well, the, where I was going to wrap that around is like that is like a series that has like uh, the book version of Metroid's Atmosphere. I'm not yeah. saying it's the same thing, but like these books like drip this atmosphere that you are not going to get like anywhere else. And I've read like a lot of sci-fi by now and eddie i know you have too and like a lot of people have like tried to do similar things that does not come off as good wolf does some crazy like things with words that i didn't realize could make me feel a certain way by these very like a lot of times simple words but the way he's constructing sentences makes me feel the same way i feel when i'm playing a metroid game and i'm just enveloped in the atmosphere yeah and like it's 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 palpable it's sometimes oppressive like it feels like it's pushing in on you and uh and I samus like that. fired a super missile and she fired another super missile and <laughs> she is, totally oh my God. jumped and but she fired another one it is so weird how like all of that works together it, like there's no part of super metroid that doesn't work does that make sense yeah. like there's no parts yeah. of, like you know what this game would be perfect if it didn't have this like this is stupid it doesn't every single thing is like purpose built and is get, like it's like uh, this very democratic thing where all these things work together equally. Like no one's like, "Oh, I'm more important than you," right? Like everything that is happening in Super Metroid is like purpose built. Uh, it is it is it is like working together. Everybody does the lifting, and like nobody's slacking. Uh, I don't know, man. This is a very utopian thing. I don't understand how it's like so good. Yeah, I mean, and it. I don't know for sure, but I bet the development time was like, you know, 11 months or something like that. Like, I don't even understand, man. Like, I know that so, like things so were great games were made by like five people on like no timeline and they're just like yeah. threw it together almost on I, accident. And it's just it's just perfect. it's important to remember a lot of these dudes were also like for that 11 months, they're basically living at the office, like yeah. <laughs> sleeping at under their desk with the pillow. Uh, that yeah. they just that brought from home they talked to their families like via like phone well <laughs> i mean oftentimes they were like 23 so they didn't like they didn't have families <laughs> like, that's true that is a lot, a lot of these dudes especially like the final fantasy guys man they were young or even like, doom. young young yeah doom oh, those man. guys were i think oh. seven between 17 and 21 we got to talk about we got to talk about doom and we'll, we got to bring in like some of the uh like stories from like masters of doom which there's just there's so much back like this the story of doom is like as interesting as like the game itself yeah it's wild oh yeah so do, do you guys have any like final thoughts on on at least i mean i feel like we've we've talked about a lot but i feel like we kind of like worked our way through like the original metroid through super metroid that's kind of like 
you know, where we left off. I feel like there's still a lot of ground we can cover on like the 3D ones and the Game Boy Advance ones. We just talked about, oh, those are real good. And then we kind of <laughs> moved on. I feel like we can we can hit those again. But any any closing thoughts at all? Uh, I did have uh, one story when I'm playing here because um, I played my original copy of Super Metro when it came out, obviously. I uh, got the box copy right in front of me. And uh, I got stuck on how to progress getting the super bombs. And for those who have played it, this is right before you fight Kraid, and I could not figure it out. So I actually asked my dad at the time, can I call him to Nintendo Hotline in Sweden? And he said, okay, that's fine, and which was, you know, not a cheap per minute charge back then. No, it would <laughs> have to have been probably pretty expensive. Yeah, called in, uh, and the guy, of course, reading from a script said, you go here and you take a left, and there's super bombs. I'm okay, okay, thank you. I did that, and there's a gray door. You cannot get past that door. I cannot get through it. So I call back again, and I get the same guy answering, and he's Uh-oh. like, didn't I just tell you to go this way? He's I'm like trying it. the only dude working on the on Yeah, basically. Shift. He just like, no, you should go this way. I'm like, okay, I'll try again. I'm like, there's a gray door. I cannot progress past this point. I called back a few hours later, got the same guy again, and he literally called me an idiot. Like, can't you figure <laughs> it out? Are you an idiot or what? I'm Did, like, was he telling was he, was he Was he telling you this in English or? In, no, in- this is on, all in Swedish. Oh, um, nice. And uh, so I'm like, okay. And then I told my dad and he's like, what? You called Nintendo Hotline? They called you an idiot? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think the next day I tried calling again. I got another person. And then I asked like, so, okay, how do I get the super bombs to get through that door? And he's like, oh, good question. Like the guy that actually did not account for that. If you play Super Metroid, there's a little crack in the floor to fight Kraid. Yeah. I couldn't find that. So that's where he had to shoot. And that's uh, what he should have told me. But the guide was looking at it from a step-by-step for the abilities. So oh, you need a super man. bomb to get through here, but it's kind of a catch-22. So yeah, uh, that's my story of being called an idiot for playing the video game I just got. Oh, <laughs> man. That's got to be pretty crushing for, uh, for a 13-year-old. I shook it off because the game was so amazing. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I, I'm able to calculate how old he was uh, because Rick is actually uh, like exactly one week younger than I am. So yeah. <laughs> that's how we, we discovered mm-hmm. that uh, also, when our friends beat. It's our, hard our sons to, became friends. It's hard to feel bad when the person that called you an idiot is so clearly wrong. Right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you just feel vindicated. No. It's like, yeah, oh, it's man. Like, You're the idiot. <laughs> yeah, someone had a bad guide. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We, yeah, we got we to gotta come back to Metroid sometime because, like, I, I, I want to talk more about Prime uh, for sure. And uh, and uh, the, the the Game Boy the Game Boy Advance ones. So Super Metroid lands in that area of a game that I replay quite frequently because yeah. it's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but it's, just, it's, it's equally enjoyable every time. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think you know. Again, it's because it was so like well done. Uh, because like a lot of games I play, like that was good. I'm never gonna play that again. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel like yeah. that about a lot of stuff. Like you survive it or something, and you're just like, okay, I'm glad I had the experience. I don't want to do it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when I was talking about earlier where it's like when I came to the realization that it would just be easier to restart the game and find more upgrades and go back. Uh, it wasn't like me being like, ah, oh, man, I have to restart the game to do this. It was like, oh, I can just I can just play this again. Try better next time. You know, it's like the yep. opposite of yep. dread is almost like looking forward to trying again and doing better at it. Because, yeah, uh, it even when it's hard, it, it it's not that hard. I mean, it, or it's 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 hard in a fair way. You know, and it's not a it's not a it respects your time. Like yeah. a lot of people have been uh, talking about how good the new t- uh, 2.0 patch for Cyberpunk 2077 is. And they're like, you know, if you've got the time, you should just like start over. 
And I'm like, that's really cool. Um, I'm really glad that is an option for a lot of people. But like, like my game save, like where I was at uh, when I got sidetracked and started playing something else is like 30 hours in. And like, I'm just not, I'm not going to restart. Yeah. My guys like, like that, like games like that, um, as much as I really, really enjoy like a lot of those really long games, (laughs) I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start over. Like, I'm just going to pick up and enjoy like the new stuff from where I'm at, you know, play the DLC when it comes out. Uh, or did it come out? It's like it's real soon. Uh, whenever you're hearing, yeah, this. Soon, I yeah. think it's this week. Uh, and so, like, yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. But I'm just like a lot of people are like, you should start over. I'm like, this is not Super Metroid. This is not a game <laughs> you just start over. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. At uh, this point, if someone's like, if if their advertising's like, you can play this for a hundred hours. I'm like, ah, so I'll play that for zero hours instead. Yeah. Yep. Like, or watch just, like uh, uh, watch a highlight video. Um, or, you know, maybe someone did like a real good lore video or something, yeah. uh, you know, to check out uh, the, the, the good parts because, man, it's got to be real. It's got to be like all of the stuff that I like extremely my jam for me to in- want to invest 100 hours in. Yeah. And very few yeah. things are going to get me to do that uh, Breath, now. Breath of the Wild is the last one that I did that for. And uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I, great. I loved it. I, I, I think <laughs> I hit like 90 uh, in Tears of the Kingdom, uh, yeah. and and but like I, that's another game I'm probably never gonna s- play start to finish again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might start a new save, but I will probably never play through it all the way. I might, but I'm definitely not gonna spend as much time as I did. <laughs> uh huh. Right, so well, I think we should wrap it up there. Yeah, let's that's wrap a... it. Let's let's wrap it there. Eddie, Eddie, where can they find you? You can find me at Substack at radicaledward.substack.com. Rick, where can they find you? I run a YouTube channel called Rick's Random Retro. That's R-I-K, uh, Random Retro. You can find me on YouTube, also on my website, ricksrandomretro.com, and all the typical social media. Yeah, and you can find me over at the TwitX, Twix, whatever whatever it's <laughs> called. I know it's not, It's in, at this point, it's not even really a joke. Like, I'm not necessarily trying to be funny, because, like, who knows how long it's even going to be around. But um, it's about to I'm be paywalled. At, Oh no, no kidding! And uh, and I'm about to be gone from there. But uh, yeah, I'm over there for now at Joe M Owens. Um, and I think uh, I think that's that's it for us this time. Hope to catch you all again in two weeks. The galaxy is at peace. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>